Mike Kozak, do you own a firearm? I own a couple. Are you are you proficient with them? Some would say yes. Some would say no. But you, you saw are. the other day. Yeah, I think you are. Extremely proficient then. What's the value of being proficient with a tool that you own? Can you really put a value on it? Fuck no, you can't. No. And that's what we're doing out at Training Northwest, guys. If you own a firearm but haven't had any professional type training, come out and see us. Uh, trainingnorthwestllc.com. I'll have our schedule for 2024 up the first week of January, and we will be holding introductory courses for both uh, pistol and AR-15 rifle platforms, as well as level one, two, and three courses to sort of uh, progress your technical skills and get you beyond that level of, yeah, I own a gun. Now what? There, there's yeah. a, there, it's, it's sort of like... Uh, Hey, I got a membership to a jujitsu gym. I'm ready for competition. That was me uh, in both right. aspects. <laughs> yeah. I mean, a hundred percent. My gun was so dangerous in that case, locked in my safe. You yeah. have no clue how good I was. Yeah, well. and you know what, guys? It's it's a little bit of a you know, if you're a grown ass man and you fancy yourself a protector, you have a little bit of inherent responsibility to your family, your loved ones, and your community to be a protector within your community because society's melting down a little bit. So along those lines, pursue a higher level of technical ability. And if you're in uh, the Western Washington area, come see us in Granite Falls. And let's see. Oh, you know what? I was thinking about, I want to go take a class and I got these janky ass iron sights. What could I do for that? Oh, you should definitely buy a Vortex Optic from Ooh. us at Training Northwest. <laughs> yeah, that sounds really nice. Thank you for that, because I always forget we are a Vortex Optics dealer. And if you buy your optic from us, we give you a free zero session, let you run a couple drills out on the range, because, again, I believe in your readiness and self-reliance, and so a new optic that isn't zeroed isn't worth a fucking penny, because no. it's not ready to go. So I want you guys zeroed and ready to go the day you buy it. Um Okay, we covered Training Northwest. CompassionateViking.com, our best friend Tyler and his wife Vanessa yep. are doing all kinds of awesome things out in Stanwood, Washington. Um, it's almost too much to keep up with. Tyler, I think, is starting to host his own uh, spiritual healing retreats, and he's someone that I certainly trust with uh, with my whole being. And so if... if uh, you know, if, if that's something you're looking for, I would certainly look him up. And in the meantime, listen to his podcast, The Compassionate Viking. And I think it's on all the platforms. And then last, we got uh, Allegiance Holsters. And if you're carrying a sissy, sis, sissy, 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 pistol, a sissy pistol. Yeah. If you're carrying a sissy pistol, you can go ahead and put it one of these uh, inside the waistband holsters like Mike and I have. But if you're swinging a hog, go ahead and uh, order yourself up an Allegiance Holsters mankini. I, uh, we're working on the design, and they will be on the website soon. Oh, yeah. Mike, this was a good episode. This was fun because uh, you and I originally connected <laughs> over nerding out on history. Uh, yeah. Uh, it's fun we, to we, think of. We went of, history to current affairs. Yeah, but it's fun to think of where you've been and where you're going. You know, uh, if you give me two points, I can tell you where the third point's going to be somewhere in that trajectory. And I kind of think of that a lot in history. And I find war history and just through conflict and warfare, just it's it is interesting. But 
This started off as World War Three talk. I had a huge boner for China, Japan's Navy. <laughs> <laughs> and then we kind of just divulged yeah. into what war could turn into. Yeah, well, hang on. You, you make a good point because there is a sense of World War One led to World War Two, And a lot of the issues we're still dealing with today in 2023 have to do with political lines drawn at the end of World War Two. Yeah. So... And a lot of historians consider World War One and World War Two one conflict. Carry so maybe way. World War Three is just the the continuation of that same conflict because of a lot of, like I said, just a lot of the current sort of uh, flare up is due to political lines and aspirations drawn at the end of World War Two. Yeah. Yeah. It. It just. It's in. <laughs> To think of maybe who you are today, I mean, this is a long fucking intro. Uh, to think of who you are today, maybe it has something to do with who your grandfather's grandfather was. Yeah, who 100%. he was as a person, maybe the morals or what, how he worked or, you know, what that effect in the past can have on current times. It's interesting to think of that and how it's applied now and how we're in this situation, but maybe even more so to play that little mind exercise of what if, and where do you go from here? If this is what's happening, where does it lead yeah. and what could be the best, what could be the worst and get your allegiance holster <laughs> and take some training <laughs> Northwest classes. There we go. All right. You guys enjoy the show. Later. Okay, Mike, what have you been reading lately? Because you just mentioned that you've been uh, back into the Pacific War history. Am I correct? That's true. Yes. Because it's happening again. Yeah. And I think about it because I think of where Japan is right off the coast of China, mm -hmm. right? And so World War II, China was like our ally, but uh, Japan was the foe, and they were that barrier to the Pacific, right? And they... They ran overran the Philippines, they overran Korea, they overran China. But now, post-World War II, it's different. Because once World War II ended and we defeated the Japanese, the Japanese took our constitution, but they adopted pacifism, right? That's their... their well, I don't we know, also sort of forced them into it. Like right, NATO, true. NATO disallowed them from having... Like, they have a defense force, but they're not allowed to have... Like an a offensive capability. Right. But then you look at what they have. Like they have carriers that aren't, they're still, what are, is it like a battleship? Like a, is it called a destroyer or the smaller one? Destroyers are the smaller, faster ones. So they have a destroyer with a flight deck, which they say is for attack helicopters. Yeah. Uh. And stuff like that. But then it's got cannons. It's got anti-air. It's got, it, it has submarine. Yeah. And so uh, I, f I find that kind of interesting. But so Japan went the, with this idea of pacifism, right? And with us beating them in World War II, we did kind of set up an iron curtain into the Pacific. Like if you want out of China and stuff, you're going to get monitored. Well, originally, the Chinese government post-World War II is the nationalists with Chiang Kai-shek, correct? So it wasn't yeah. until the the People's until Revolution Mao. and Mao Zedong that the communists got into China. So we probably didn't know at the time that, you know, yeah, we, knew, yeah. we knew communism was a threat coming out of Russia. But we didn't know China, China was going to fall. We were so we were, heavily. Exactly. We were embracing yeah. our own little puppet. Yeah. And, yeah. So, and then, so it's like, okay, so after World War II, 
the United States and Japan have this alliance, a.k.a. the United States has control of the Pacific Ocean because that is kind of this. I mean, you have your oh, islands yes, like your Hawaii, like yeah. your the trade routes, basically. Yeah, yeah, your important. little stops. But like Japan is kind of the main and then or unless you go down into south like the Philippines and stuff. But Japan is right there in front of China. And after that, China had no navy, really. But it has been building up its navy well, to a tremendous amount. Here's an interesting interesting thought about China is that they were dirt poor pre-World War II. Yeah, farmers. And, right, and then we kind of picked them up a little bit, again, under Chiang Kai-shek. But then in comes Mao Zedong and his communist revolution. And now under Xi Jinping, it's like they... They must have started in the 1950s, but they started a slow build. And I think it's still correct that China has never invaded another nation militarily in like a thousand years. Probably. Although they're definitely... They're front and on. They're they're definitely using much smarter, more insidious means to sort of leech into Western culture, which I got to say, it's... Like hats off! Like they're playing the game like very well. That's art. That's Sun Tzu, it's, art of war. Yes. The battle you never have to fight that you can win exactly. is always the best route to fight. Yes. So they've never actually projected any type of military dominance around the world, which has probably saved them a shitload of money. But they've somehow, uh, I wouldn't say taken over culture. They're they've near taken over culture, and they have certainly infected Western culture with all these sort of paradis- sort of parasitic, you know, like Antifa-type movements. Yeah. Very very similar to the People's Revolution that took China well, from the Well, just like what we do in foreign countries. Yeah, oh yeah, 100%. Like a 100%. dictator, someone we don't want. Yes. We fund a rebel we, we force. We are a victim of our own tactics rebel right now. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. Yeah. But so, okay, so then China keeps growing its military and its navy especially. And if there is going to be a war where, just say, I don't... I'm not saying there's going to be, but if things kept getting hotter, China seems to be our, the biggest foe that we have as they build up this, this technology, as they have alliances, ports, commerce, money. Right. Uh, But if a war was to happen, like it would happen over, uh, what is it? Hang on. Do you think we're just avatars in like a world war three virtual reality game? Oh, I'm player one. Yeah, all right. I feel like I can see how it's happening. <laughs> I feel I know. like, you know. It's like we've seen this before. Yeah. that we've, we've and that's what, this game board. So that's what I mean. So you have China building up its military and say it does go to war. To put people throughout the world, you need your Navy depositing soldiers, right? You can do aircraft and parachute guys in but to have resources and invasions and stuff yeah, two, two you ways have to, invade to have by boats. Sea, or i guess three sea air or land but if you have to cross oceans you're down to to sea or air yeah and sea you bring i mean how many tanks can you bring on an airplane but a battleship you can bring a ton of tanks on board as cargo so if it war was to really happen with china i think about this they would have to go through that Philippines, Japan. Well, hang on. I got to say, you're talking 2023? I, just in the future, if it was ever to happen. I, I don't think conventional armies will ever square off 
the way they did in World War II again, at least not if they have to cross. Oceans. It would have to be part of it. I though. guess I guess we're seeing some everything of that in, would be used. in Ukraine on like a small scale. Yeah, but, but if I, it was, I, I think it's far more effective to go cyber warfare and attack infrastructure. You can you can oh yeah you could cripple like. Uh, we're going to attack remember infrastructure. We, we talked about the electrical grid and how easy yeah. it would be to take it down and it just completely collapses modern society. But then if you want to take it over, right? We're going to do actually, that. Sorry, think, Strike one think is about collapse your, infrastructure, right? Yeah, but think so about your Step two, for, send in the robots, <laughs> dude, right? This is World <laughs> War III, yeah. right? Step yeah. three after that is, well, whatever we've just blown up, destroyed, send in the robots with machine guns, uh, just drone warfare. Even that, after you, you a point, you need... have to send people over there to go secure. Exactly. At some point when literally let the drones kill all the enemy soldiers and then just send your own people to sort of like go mop up the little pieces here. And so there. what if D-Day? But hang on. I, I actually don't think, I don't think you need to do that. And if you think about your like penny for penny or dollar for dollar efficiency, a cyber attack can cripple huge swaths of of geographical area right like yeah you, you could literally take down a country by taking down its grid and its banking system so but why that why country is unobtainable you need no, to be not. there to tap its resources you have to set up why? your own infrastructure yes. as being the invading yes. country i think you do so then and you, you don't need you don't to need mitigate the people you need people to either say alliance on. mike if, if you're the conqueror and you've destroyed the communications infrastructure and the electrical grid you don't need but basic generators and uh diesel powered equipment to to mine resources or to to log resources right like we are rich in, well, yeah, in just both for minerals drilling, timber what do you do with the people that are still left over there oh so many will die so fast when the grid goes down but then you're still gonna have you've got people. a you've got an issue of like burying them in disease control <laughs> that's true but then it's like so at a certain point it's like so do i kill everyone in this country or do I get this country oh, to kneel most of them, before me? No, the, the pandemic showed that most people in this country are compliant. You know? So, so you so mean really, like an invading force comes and they're yeah, like, they, whatever they just, you want. They obey authority. They obey authority. And a lesson we learned in the Middle East is that if I have bigger guns than you, I'm the authority. So, so that that's all international politics really is, is who has the bigger guns and you get to be the authority that's that's what america is is we became like the so world but then police. you would have to as that invading country you would have to go through the streets and take away weapons like you would yes. have to physically oh, yes. def so this you is, would this need is, people this is why you would need boats gun control you'd need boats you need a lot of boats to bring these people yes. over to do this only after the fighting's done though because you can't cross an ocean with a bunch of troop carriers anymore you'll get nuked or you'll just get a bunch of cruise missiles, take down all your uh, troop carriers. Unless. I don't think, you can't hide on the globe anymore. It's become so difficult. Yeah, but do you think you get nuke nuke? I mean, you'd have drones, you'd have flares, you'd have everything. You'd have to get people over. I, I think you finish the fighting with drones and with cyber attacks. But you know what they do And when do the fighting's then, done, then the people cross. But then they would just hide it on barges. Maybe. Instead of a Navy ship. Maybe I'd hide one in my ass. <laughs> <laughs> no, many tanks I got in here. Yeah, but to get across, but f so if China was to unleash, I mean, why is everyone working so hard on their navy? They want to take Taiwan, right? Oh, to, to control trade routes, yes, and they yeah, want Taiwan, right? And they so, claim Taiwan. if it goes World War Three, Na navies control trade. 
The first that, thing that, that nothing has changed since the the British uh, what was it the Royal India Company or the what was the famous sort of mercenary fleet? Captain Jack Sparrow. Oh, son of a bitch. Now I feel like an idiot. I don't know. Uh, I don't know much about trade pirates. The Dutch Dutch East Indies Company. Maybe. Uh, Sounds uh, right. Were they a spice company? Although that would be Dutch then, not British. Son of a bitch. All right, someone send an angry email to Jordan. <laughs> Why don't you know this, yeah. Jordan? Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, but for them to get out, for China to get out of the Pacific, it would be the opposite of World War II. It would be Asia defeating Japan first to gain access to the United States yes. on the west side. Get even to Alaska. I mean, if you just went north and you invaded Alaska. I think they would just cut off, again, navies control shipping routes. I think they would cut off the shipping routes through the Pacific combined with a cyber attack. Well, okay, how about this? No, no goods. Are, like, think, how, think about how reliant we are on imported goods and food. Yeah. If you start cutting off, think about how thin. Yeah. But thin the, think about how thin the border at Mexico is, like east to west. It's only a s- small swath of territory. They could take that over on the Chinese or on the Mexican side, close off the land border, close off the Pacific really easily, and now the entire west coast is is vulnerable. Yeah. Do you think if Trudeau had Chinese ties, and they started World War Three? A good way for China to go would be take the sea and go up and invade Alaska because it's harder to get resources there. No, then Trudeau allows passage because he doesn't want to be involved in the war. He's neutral. Oh, let's him walk down through, drive (laughs) down through. Wolverine show, you know. I guess yeah. If yeah, if you can just drive down the freeways, sure. Yeah. Still need boats. I think there's a reason China is setting up such a huge navy. And I think it's interesting what you're seeing, even though Japan's a pacifist, what they're setting up as a navy. Like, do you think it's just to blockade a, Taiwan, or what? What's? Do you have a theory? Like I said, I think Japan's the last fall before you gain access to the Pacific. Yeah, you could say they do take over Hawaii and they take over you Guam. Think, do you and think stuff. the Chinese navy is to blockade Japan? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That would be fucking wild. Yeah. Oh yeah. Because, I mean, I feel if you do, yes, I mean, that's the thing about World War Three. If, yeah, you could drive a ship out there and then someone nukes it. Well, it's like, well, fuck. If I use nukes, everyone uses nukes. So then it's like, well, then is it, is there anything going to be left if it just went nuts? Do you, do you think anybody would use nukes? Yeah, fucking I, I Middle Eastern countries. <laughs> yeah, <that's laughs> Absolutely. Right, Dude, enough. a fucking group of... Holy uh, shit. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. Fuck. That's who uses it. And it would be nice if maybe the smart, the bigger countries are like, maybe this isn't the right way to respond. Like, to go back immediately. Yeah. Like, the Hamas, like, there has to be a way of invasion or to fix it but it's not dropping another one. Like the whole Hamas-Gaza thing. uh, If there's no good answers. Yeah, but I do think if it's, instead of shelling, you send in a crazy ground force offensive and you flood the streets. That still kills a shitload of people. The the difference between doing that and doing it with artillery and air support. So isn't it an... 
you still you still kill thing. a shitload of people. So, you just lose fewer of your own troops. Yeah. And but, they, again, we're not, I, we're back to no right answers. But what point does civilian lives take over military lives? If like five thousand, you, you know, not like casualty of war is mainly civilians, but it's a mix of everything. So if it's like one side, the Palestinians. In Hamas, they have like 5,000 dead, and the U.S. has 3,000 dead. You know, do we still use ground? At what point it's like we're just dying out here? Let's, how do you make it? Is it even? So, one of the things I remember from my time in the army, and one of the things that really like kind of moved me about being in a special operations unit is that we had this document called Soft Truths. And I don't know if it was an official document, but one of, I think it was truth number one is that uh, people are more important than material. Mm-hmm. So again, you're, you're now you're, you're having to take sides and you're having to say everybody on that side, our people are more important than, and we're, we're not going to risk. We, we don't, we, it's a high risk job, but we will not risk people unnecessarily. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, and I think that there's, you have to give your men a level of confidence going into battle that you have their back. And if you start pulling support from them because the enemy is embedding themselves in a civilian population, then you're going to lose the support of your troops pretty quickly or their the conf, their confidence in your command. Yeah. So it, it is important at like a strategic level and a tactical level that if you have air support or if you have artillery support, oh, you give yeah. it to your troops. And not and the reality is the, en- the enemy picked the place to fight. In, in this case, Hamas picked the fight. Yeah. Like, say whatever you want. Yeah. Like, the, there's, there's no right side in this conflict. No. But in this case, they picked a big fight. And you can't just, like, I don't know how as a leader, like, I, I feel like I have good leadership qualities. And I don't know how, as a leader, you ignore that and don't go on a full-scale offensive. Yeah. But is it like matching weapons? What are these guys using? Isn't it still like rock? I mean, some guys have artillery, I'm sure. Yeah, the Hamas fighters have uh, indirect fires, rockets and artillery. Yeah. So it's like we got that too, though, right? Yeah. Probably more of it. <laughs> yeah. And probably much better quality. Well, not we, but Israel. Yeah. Target, but we fund. Well, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, we. Whatever we have, they have. <laughs> yeah. They probably have a little better, actually. Yes. Yeah. It's weird, though. So, is there a, like, if, so, what you're seeing, then, probably is high areas of resistance, and then it gets well, responded hang on. And, to. And the Hamas with, fighters uh, are clever. They know that if they build their tunnels under a hospital, they're less likely to get attacked unless there's oh, yeah, something yeah. like... They, School, they basically hospital. declared all-out war on each other, which is yeah. why all these uh, typically off-limits uh, off structures are, are going ahead and being hit. But they're clever... And they know that if they build their tunnels under a hospital or under a school, they're, they're far less likely during Smart. sort of the low-boil times to be attacked there. Yeah. So they're, they're doing it for a reason. They know yeah. what they're doing. Smart. I heard something where the prime minister admitted to us building the tunnels or helping do it. Prime minister of Britain? No, or not prime minister, of Israel. Uh, Yasser? Oh, he said the, the Israelis helped build them? Yeah, it was. they knew about building a tunnel structure or something for, like, there was an actual legitimate reason that they, for 
holding materials or goods, but I guess Hamas just took that and ran off with it. I don't understand. Like they built more tunnels. Like they had a, oh. t- they helped build a tunnel structure underneath it for storing materials, or they had had some sort of actual reason. Quote and then unquote ha- refrigeration. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then Hamas took over and they dug them up. Yeah. Like they gophered out throughout the city. Yeah. And then if I, if you look at like the population of Gaza versus the actual number of people who are affiliated with Hamas, it's it's a very small ratio. And that again. If that's your place and your community, you kind of need to be able to stand up for it because apparently, I mean, if we're to believe news stories, a lot of Palestinians don't like Hamas. But if you allow them to operate in your cities, it's, you know, kind of like the frustration we have here where like drug trade is clearly allowed to operate very freely in our cities. And we're nearing a point where, or I should say, we're kind of at the tipping point right now where people are starting to need to take care of their own safety and security and their own self-defense because the police are just hamstrung. And um, I kind of feel like the Palestinian people bear a little bit of weight for just allowing this to continue underfoot. Yeah. Well, I was going to say... Send the hate mail to Jordan. (laughs) (laughs) I was going to say... We got way away from World War II. Is it easy to get a gun living in Gaza, like, for self-protection? But then it's like, yeah, probably everywhere. Yeah, fucking everywhere. (laughs) Yeah, you lift the toilet seat up, you're like, oh, my God. One of the weirdest things, the first first deployment I did to Israel, everybody in Israel is carrying a fucking rifle slung over. Like, they all have an M4 or a saw or a 203 slung over their back, even in civilian clothes, walking around downtown Tel Aviv. (laughs) And I was like, what the shit? (laughs) First Amendment, baby. It's all, because everybody's... In the army Second when they graduate amendment. high school, and they all are required to carry their firearms off duty. Really? So everywhere you go, there's people with assault rifles slung over their back, and then a lot of the uh, uh, the pilgrims are issued old uh, World War II leftover stock. So you see a lot of M1 Garands and M1 carbines, and the on the 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 pilgrims when they come into the city. Really? Yeah. What a weird place. Yeah, it's it's wild. It's beautiful too. Oh yeah, that's Jesus's uh, backyard, right? Yeah, yeah, and and Muhammad, <laughs> Muhammad and, and uh, yeah, yeah all the guys. Um, it was actually a really cool place to deploy because it was way low threat compared to Iraq and Afghanistan and Pakistan, and yeah. so we, it was almost like a vacation. Like, hey, you've done uh, you've done two years in Iraq. We're we're gonna give you we're gonna give you a break and send you to Jerusalem. And so, anytime we weren't busy working which in in israel working involved just driving into the palestinian west bank to go have dinner at like yasser arafat's place nice. and just kind of hanging out yeah and so on days when we didn't have to quote unquote work <coughs> we just go be tourists go see the old city go to tel aviv hang out on the beach like just kind of like you could have like sort of a normal life and it was like wait a minute yeah we're like being paid as <laughs> Soldiers right now. Oh, <laughs> R and R, it's all right. Awesome. Yeah, yeah, great deployments. What? Uh, what's the big city or the fun city? Tel is Aviv. it Tel Aviv? Tel Aviv. How is far on the coast. away is that from Jerusalem? I'm gonna say seventy miles. Okay, so, so it's Jeru- not that Jerusalem's far. inland. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Huh. Tel Aviv's fun, man. They have a just this beautiful white sand beach. And it's lined with uh, English pubs owned by British expats. 
And oh, the crazy. last call is 5 a.m. So we would like, <laughs> yes. So And the sand goes right up to the edge of the pub, right? Uh, yeah. And so we would go, you know, start drinking and hanging out. And then somewhere three hours in, go swimming in the Mediterranean, splash around for half an hour, come in, get a beer, go swim, come in, yeah. get a beer until 5 a.m. And it's like, hey, you guys got to go home. <laughs> Shit, all right. You just prune like a raisin. <laughs> I don't want to go. Yeah. <laughs> That's yeah. funny. I haven't, uh, have you done Europe at I've, all? I've been places? to Italy and Greece. I got really drunk in St. Jane's airport <laughs> <laughs> in Ireland, <laughs> but I didn't get out of the airport. Um, probably weren't the only one. Oh, I've been to, I've been to Germany. Did a, we spent a week in Berlin. That was fun. It was in the winter time. And so the temperature was like negative single digits. Yeah, and the downtown area was just dead. Nobody out moving around, and so it kind of felt like we were in some like zombie apocalypse movie, <laughs> like walking around, going to like Checkpoint Charlie, yeah. and and you know all the none uh, of the street signs make sense. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like where yeah. the hell am I? <laughs> yeah, creeped like, out. Go past the Reichstag. Oh <laughs> yeah, all the there's a lot of history right there, in just a couple blocks in Berlin. Do you like a lot Europe? I really liked Italy. Greece like, was meh. Yeah. Um, but Italy I, I would really like to go see Scotland and Ireland. Germany was fun. Berlin was fun. Europe does nothing for me. Really? I haven't been, but oh, I, I want to go to Asian countries for some reason. Thailand was great. You like Thailand? Yeah, and I went with Jen, so I wasn't there like chasing ladyboy <laughs> hookers. <laughs> but uh, it's it's beautiful, man. The people are so friendly. Did you pet an elephant? Yeah. Good Thai food? Different. Oh, incredible Thai food. Yeah. And cheap as shit. Yeah, that's yeah. the thing. So many street vendors, and you just walk up and, you know, for like, I want to say it was like 28 cents, get some chicken pad thai or some yeah. uh, showering rama or whatever, you know. Yeah, that sounds way better. Yeah. I, and I, I would love to go to Vietnam for Vietnam the same reason. I just, just want to go foodie, foodie tour yeah, yeah, through yeah, Vietnam. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Vietnam would be a fun one. And actually, you could, you could go see a bunch of. Uh, Historical battle site stuff too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that yeah, that would be an amazing trip. Have you done? Oh, Mike, first first in light Neanderthals. <laughs> yeah, first abroad. Yeah, yeah. Right? <laughs> Both end up in prison in Vietnam. <laughs> <laughs> I got bit by a cobra, baby. Hey, round out, you know, go home. <laughs> Quite low. <Yeah. laughs> oh man, have you been to many historic battle sites? Yeah, so let me think about this. When I was in the Army in 2nd Ranger Battalion, we went to uh, Korea. And at the time, there was a man named uh, Ralph Puckett, who was the honorary colonel of the regiment. And he had been a, I think, battalion commander in the Korean War. Oh, shit, maybe Jesus he was only a Christ. platoon leader. I think he retired as a colonel. I think he was a platoon leader of a ranger company in, uh, in Korea. And so he actually walked us around the battlefield where he fought. With, with his company Jesus. and showed us all like all the positions that like the defensive positions and shit, which now to think about that as a veteran, like through his eyes, what that must be like to go back. And that was bitter, bitter fighting. I mean, we're talking oh. stacking bodies and yeah. using them as, as cover as the days progressed and, and stabbing people with bayonets and whatnot for him to go back to the exact place where it happened and just sort of look over that terrain. I can't imagine going back to Mosul right now and being like, yeah, this is where we got ambushed. And like, yeah, this is yeah, where yeah. the car got fucked up and I had to pull it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I'll never go back to Mosul. That's never happening. Yeah. 
but to go back to the battlefield where you fought such a gnarly fight and sort of wander around out there would be quite a trip. Do you think it's because, like, he stayed in the military, right? And yeah. he moved up, so his job is to learn from those battles and to figure out what to oh, do yeah, better. Yeah, yeah. And, and like, so for yeah, him, we totally it's go like back he through constantly it. digs it. Yeah, like, he to, doesn't to physically, dig it. To physically go back to that, that ground yeah. is the part that's wild and see it. But that's what I know? mean. He's adding it together. Yeah. Yeah. Like, it's weird to be like, you have a, an event like that, and you're like, I can make this better. Yeah. And I have family on the East Coast, so I think it was when I was in high school. We were visiting them, and my dad took me on a tour of, I think it was an Antietam battlefield. Okay. Maybe it was Gettysburg. Maybe we did both, but that it was awesome. I, and I, Civil War, like, I would happily also go to the East Coast to hit the Smithsonian Museum and then That's go fun. do some Civil War tourism. Uh, my favorite is, what do they call it? <coughs> the library or the row in D.C., all the buildings. Mm, yeah. Uh, phenomenal. Yeah. Phenomenal. But uh, my dad's side of the family is from Pennsylvania. So I've done Gettysburg and a bunch of all those other, you Drive down gravel roads. And yeah. They're like, here's yeah, yeah, where yeah. this little. Did you guys faction. get the cassette tape and you have to like plug it in? Is that what you did? <laughs> yeah. 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 My uncle. I love it, dude. Stuff. I love it. And yeah. Yeah. But we did the Gettysburg one and a couple others. And it was just, it was a ton of, uh, it was a ton of headstones, you know, in the cemetery. You're like, wow, that's all from this battle. Yeah. You know, but then you'd go onto the grounds and it didn't feel, I always thought like, ooh, there was this many souls lost here. It didn't feel it. It seemed like maybe nature kind of reclaimed it and hid sure. those scars. Sure. But like I was looking for like the, you know, wanting to walk through Anne Frank's house and be like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> you know, <laughs> hoping for a ghost story. Yeah. yeah. But nothing. Oh. But yeah, battlefields are weird. It's weird to preserve them though. But it is nuts to think, like, in one specific it's, location. It's cool to go stand there on those fence lines and be like, imagine 500 men on horses playing a bugle and then charging at you. How many died in Gettysburg? God, it's in the tens of thousands, I think. It Dude, might even be 100. 100,000? I got to Google this. Hang on. Do, 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 Good luck getting service here. Do, do, Talk about promotions. Do, 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 do. <laughs> Yeah, 100,000. To think of, and it was, how many days was it, too? That's uh, I think it might have gone on for a couple of weeks. Really? Yeah, that, that's the other thing is, you know, in my mind as a kid, you think of a battle as one instance. <laughs> yeah, like. And then you, yeah, I went and toured these in high school, and you start to realize that, like, oh, it's, it's a bunch of skirmishes that happen over a course of days. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Three days. Jesus Christ. It's a quick battle, though. 50,000 combined casualties. Damn. So, and that's not, yeah, both sides. That's still a lot of people. Yeah, well, yeah, especially considering the population, then. The pop, that's always the thing you think about war, like. Like per capita? That's a yeah. lot of fucking people. Yeah. Or, like, you think about, like, we all had COVID, and everyone brings up the Spanish flu, but it's like, they're like, it killed a million people. And they do it today, and they're like, it killed like a million people, but it's like, yeah, but the population is nowhere near. So if you did magnitude, yeah. like times of, yeah. Yeah. But yeah, having that many people dying, it's weird to think, because it's like, as bad as World War II was, it's like, 
How many people, I mean, now I'm just trying to recall stats. How many people died in D-Day? You know, if it was a lot, what if it was 5,000? It, it might have been another 10,000. Now yeah. i got to look that up. God damn it. <laughs> <laughs> I bet you D-Day was less. I bet you it was like 5,000. No, D-Day was a lot. I mean, casualties as in hit or casualties as in killed? Hit. Not, not KIA. Both WIA and KIA. Because if you get hit and you get pulled off the field and you get over it, it sucks, but... 209 combined Allied casualties. 209,000. And that's, that, that doesn't include Germans. So it's probably four to 500,000 total. God. On D-Day? Well, that was a fucking battle. That yeah. was like a day, though. <laughs> Wasn't it? Yes. Oh, dude. Yeah. Never, never to be repeated. Yeah. Uh, well, hopefully. It's about Shit, never mind. Yeah, Jesus. <laughs> Give it a little bit. Yeah. It's it's marinating. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's weird to think you do the, like, to have an event like that. Like, we had 9-11, and it was 2,000 people, you know? Yeah. And that was, you know. Th- think about just sort of the density of, it's like two entire armies clashed across southern France. You know yeah. what I mean? In the first in the first war of like the quote unquote modern warfare age where they had air support, they had offshore uh, naval gun support, they had artillery support, mortars, machine guns, just and think about the density of humans and sort of the chaotic way that they were interspersed among each other, like with the the airborne dropping behind the Germans and then the uh, the army coming in from the sea. Yeah. And so you just would have had chaos because there's no real established lines and you don't know who's in front of you or who's behind you or who's around you. And so for a couple of days there, you know, the Band of Brothers series actually captured it very well. They're just sort of fighting through all, like trying to get limited, to limited information, trying to move to whatever city you've been assigned to move to and just sort of fighting your way through. Yeah. It's fucking wild. Yeah. 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 It. It's weird to think like... If now, like with communication and like take your iPhone or your iPad and follow this to this road, you know, but if you were, yeah, that's right. That's, Most that of them would were be dropped war off today. target. And so they didn't know, they didn't have maps or compasses, yeah. only officers did. And so they were literally like finding French farmers and asking, where am I? Yeah. Just find, find three or four guys close to you when you land. Yeah. Try to figure out where the fuck you are. And then try to figure out what city your unit was headed to. And yeah. you can try to rendezvous with them there. Even Dude, That's crazy. Even if every guy had a map and a compass, like you get dropped off in Still, farms, yeah. like oh, yeah, in yeah, land, yeah. like where it's just hedging. You're, yeah. You can't see anything. By except the time the next Greg and edge. I were in the Ranger Regiment, everybody had a map and a compass. <laughs> and if they dropped you off fucking target, it turned into a clusterfuck. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but if you had like, uh, um, Today, you would have your GPS, and it would be telling you exactly where yeah, to go. Yeah, you're right. So you're then right. it makes me think, once again, like we're talking about in uh, war, and like you could kill the power, you could kill the water supply, you could kill all kinds of form of infrastructure. Uh, why not do it in the same way? And, you know. I think you could kill all those things just by killing the power and the internet. Yeah, so like if you did an EMP or something, yeah, and electronics were obsolete, would your modern day war 
have to go back to like diesels. Oh yeah, you're right. You know, yeah, probably we'd be back to World War One with horses <laughs> and. Uh, <laughs> but that's part of an or a nuke is it emits a little bit of EMP. Yeah, oh yeah. And you can do one higher up in like the stra- magnetic. I don't know how high you go up stratosphere, and you can black out a country, like an entire region. Yeah. 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 I still think boats are going to be used coming out of China. <laughs> Let me put that out there <laughs> for everyone to think about. And uh, Japan, it's, that's that's our barrier. That's our buffer, buddy. That's what stops them. And Japan is a trade society. Like they, the food, like you are talking about earlier, the food you produce, they what they produce only feeds 34% of their society. A lot of it is brought in, imported, trade through, and that's what it is. It is a hub for going all throughout Pacific and from, like, the Pacific to us, and then also from the Pacific, or they're in, yeah. all throughout Asia, yeah. you know, and they're a trade area. And it's weird with what's, that, like, if you... Online, you do see videos. I, you see them with Russia and China and, like, with their jets and fighters. But then you also see it with the boats in the seas. And China's getting very much, because of the Taiwan stuff, and they're getting closer to Japan. Japan's passive. But it's like, I feel like there is some flexing with this military stuff in the Navy, especially. Yeah. And I don't know. It, it has to be to, to threaten or control trade routes. Yeah. that That's what navies do. So then, okay, so maybe it does. I mean, then you look at what do you have? Now I have cargo ships going with military escorts, you know, and now there's a even more chance of an incident because you have a ship going, but they're like, no, I'm just escorting. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Let's take a pee break. Pee break. All right, we're back. And I'm still thinking about World War Three. Good. Good. Uh, maybe to go with your idea of you would try and hurt infrastructure before you might do physical damage, going on this Japan is the last stop into the Pacific to the United States or all over the world. Uh Japan, there is a microchip kind of crisis right now. Yeah. In the way that China wants Taiwan. China makes all our stuff, and so they can kind of hold us by the balls when they want to. And Japan, their biggest export is semiconductors. And for some reason, transmissions. But I guess Toyotas are pretty really? kick-ass. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's uh, uh, transmissions and semiconductors. Is seafood in their top five? No. Uh, maybe. God, do they I think really? a shitload of tuna fish comes from there. Really? I don't know. I get all my dolphin from there. Yeah. <laughs> that yeah. little cove. Yeah, baby seals. <laughs> yeah. oh, if you want so some baby good. seal meat. <laughs> Some nice fur slippers. Have you seen that movie, The Cove, where they I trap dolphins? Oh, that's the awful. Japanese, and they go in there and they just oh. stab them, and it's just it it's turns awful. red. Jesus, the meat's delicious. Only good stuff. But uh, if China did really flex their muscle, they would want 
all those semiconductors. They would want the resources of Japan. You wouldn't, like, if it was really World War III, I would bomb all the schools, but I would have big X's on the semiconductor plants not to bomb <laughs> yeah. because yeah. I the resources, that's what I want. Although I have the people. Well, maybe a cyber attack is the way to attack infrastructure so that it's not destroyed if you can just turn it off. That, I think that's the biggest issue with all of our electronics being made in China. And like, think about how fast it was brushed out of the news cycle that an F-35 ejected its own pilot and then flew off into the Atlantic Ocean before crash landing. And if you back up 10 years, there was like a very short-lived uh, story about how the electronics in the F-35 as it was under development were hackable by China because the electronics were made by China. Yeah. And there is no private company there. No. Everything is done. There, there's companies with different names, but they're all government-owned and run. Yeah. So if the electronics made in China were compromised that went into the F-35 Joint Strike Fighter, then that, that means that the Chinese government has access to the F-35 Strike Fighter. Yeah. Which is why it makes total sense that it was, uh, God, what was... There was some little uh, showdown going on. I can't remember where. God dang it. Maybe it was when uh, China was flexing on Taiwan a little bit. But that, that was when the F-35 ejected its pilot and flew off and crash landed. And they were like, <laughs> yeah, we don't know where it is. If anybody saw it fly over, uh, you know, call the hot tip line. $200 million joint strike fighter. <laughs> going what? Anybody? No? Okay. We'll, we'll go check at the 7-Eleven down the street. It's out there somewhere. We'll find it. Yeah. yeah your tax dollars are yeah. well at work. So anyway, I, I think we're totally fine. I, th I think so much of our electronic stuff has off switches in it that they could just completely fuck us the moment they wanted to. I think it was on Radio Lab. Maybe it was on... Maybe it wasn't. There was a story about a telecommunications company that works for the state of North Dakota or... One of the phone providers in North... Actually, I think it crash-landed in a lake in the Midwest. Oh, really? Yeah, sorry. Just putting out incorrect information here. <laughs> sorry, I cut you off. Uh, Newsflash. They, uh, they provided telecommunications along the freeway for cell phone companies in either North to South Dakota. And the company that installed all these radio towers and stuff for cells, they had to take everything down and replace it because it was along a corridor that was a military base where a lot of our nuclear weapons and silos are along huh, and weird. all the components used into in the, the, you know, the antennas, the receivers, every little thing was made in China and they yeah. found transistors or something. They're yeah. like, oh, this probably isn't made, good. Made by Huawei or whatever that company <laughs> yeah. is. Huawei. Yeah. 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 <laughs> oh, Sending your dad right to Xi Jinping's cell phone. Yeah. Oy. So, but then you still got a problem, dude. And your problem is the people. Mike Zedong's crowd. The true people. Yeah. And so, yeah, you'll have society collapse, but then you'll still, and it will shrink. Don't get me wrong, but you're so still going to no, have the millions people who will die of people off of famine and uh, pestilence are not the ones who are going to fight a resistance anyway. True. So then you're just left with the dogs. You're, you're left, left with cockroaches. With a, <laughs> yeah, a <us> salty <laughs> dogs, us cockroaches, us and a bunch of Twinkies, dude. We made it. <laughs> <laughs> 
but then what do you do with them? Because it's like, so now that's, because you want to take over a country and have the people bow at your knee. But if the people that are left are probably the salty that are like, you, you f- fucked over my country. I'm, I'm Al Qaeda. I'm living in the cave. You know, I yeah. will start wearing flip flops and uh job hijab hijab. Yeah. Got a dyslexic. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> dyslexic Taliban. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that should be a t-shirt. <laughs> uh, but then what do you do with them? That's a good question. Do you kill them all off and replace them with your own population? But then it's like, just draw. So think, push. Hang on, hang on. Think about the orphan trains that came out West after <laughs> oh the, uh, uh, you know, like after the, the push Westward from the, the Eastern seaboard colonies. Yeah. What, what if there was some like crazy war that isn't recorded in history where we killed off the entire population of the West and had to repopulate it? And that's what the orphan trains are all about. Just sending babies out there. Yeah. Let's start that one. You guys go ahead and spread that rumor. <laughs> Uh-oh. <laughs> the one episode, well, not the one episode that gets taken down on YouTube. Yeah, no shit. <laughs> Added to the collection. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah shit. Uh, good times. Yeah, so, yeah, what do you do? I mean, if you... I I, th- I don't think... I think You those, would still have little cities I, all I don't over. Think you're going to have little pockets of resistance. Yeah, everywhere. But really what you need to secure is major infrastructure like ports and data facilities and power generation and uh, water treatment. And so really what you're talking about securing is the major urban areas. So the invading country would come take over the dam. They would take over the airport. They would take over the Seattle docks. They would take over and and just push all the people out. Which is exactly what we did in uh, Iraq, right? So you you take over the ports so that you can bring material in and out. And then you secure the trade routes by using convoy type uh, patrol or uh, convoy toy. Convoy type security. Yeah. So you secure major infrastructure, being ports, um, water treatment, power generation, um, maybe agri- agriculture, depending on yeah, get what food. what that company has, right, yeah. or that country has, and then you secure the trade routes themselves by using vehicles, and you you kind of just have to live with those pockets of resistance as long as they are not interrupting sort of major activities of the country. At yeah. least for a time, you can you can you could probably spend several generations attempting to pursue and wipe them out, but it, they will always be there. So, maybe, if, and maybe that's what. Remember, uh, oh God, who was it who said that the reason you can't conquer America is behind is because behind every rock and tree is a man with a rifle. Yeah. So that that's kind of the that that's one of the reasons the Second Amendment is so important. It's not just to defend ourselves from domestic enemies. Yeah. It's also the fact that the mainland Foreign would be invasion. really fucking hard to invade because you're just gonna have to fight the entire fucking population. Yeah. Which isn't true now because everybody's so fat, weak, and compliant. <laughs> but in the nineteen sixties, it was true. Yeah, it was much tougher. Probably up into the eighties. Yeah, hundred percent. Tough one. Um so it seems like then the easy part of World War Three would be just to do the 
breakdown of society through infrastructure, just shut down the electric grid, fuck up something like that, and just watch it crumble on its own. And I actually think that you would create so much panic and distress by doing that, that if you just showed up and said, hey, if you follow our rule, we'll turn it back on. And you, 80, 80 to 90% of the population would fall right in. Hey, whatever you want, as long as Netflix works and uh, I can dial up Grubhub, I don't... What do I care if, if Xi Jinping or Joe Biden is in the White House? Uh, but then that's that's, that's the majority of the population, bro. What? You think they really want to be taken over by China? I think they don't care. Yeah. I, think, I think they are lazy and compliant. And like I said, as long as, as, long as that internet stream is coming in and as long as they've got food and beer money, yeah. I don't think they care. Which like it's gonna be a tough World War Three, dude. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Where the resistance? Yes, no shit. We're gonna, we're gonna end up with the independent Republic of Granite Falls, and that'll be as big as we get for two hundred years. <laughs> oh my god! I don't know. It would be weird to. I mean, if it China did want to become the global dominant. Like, would they want to take over our country? If they did, what would they, that I don't nece- look like? I don't think they would, would necessarily want to populate it as much as they would just Why? want to dominate Everyone its resources. Everyone does war wrong. This is the thing. You need to I, take a bunch of your people. To say like we they did don't care about their people either. They're, they're just peasants. And you're just a peasant. And as long as they are living in opulence, talking about the national level leadership, as long as they're living in opulence, they don't really care how their people are living. Yeah, they but just it, want the resources from other countries. Yeah. So if I was China, I would take it over, push all the people out of it, make it my my farming community for China. But all my need, food yeah, is there. And then the nice spots, I would just let the affluent Chinese people around me travel to. But if you do that's that, that's all I you're, would you're do You're not going to have even a defense force. And then someone else will look and be like, look how nice China got. Now maybe we'll have let's, military Let's move in there bases. and bring our, bring our liberal ideals and vote until it turns into a shithole of drug abuse and uh, human feces. But what if you brought <laughs> your bases over there and that's where you did a lot of your training? You have a huge outpost. You own America. Just make it a military hub. You have military family. Sure. Sure, but I think really, but that's, really they just want the resources and they need worker bees to mine them and log them and produce them. But so then why, what you don't stops those worker bees? You need a presence. Yeah, Maybe you just yeah, have no, some armed guards. Li- I think you could literally march into the White House tomorrow and say, hey, <laughs> we're in charge. Your life won't be interrupted, but if you fuck with us, we'll fuck you up. And people will be like, okay. Ah, I can't believe it's that bad. I think so. All the all these guys with their Punisher skull, Punisher skull, and their back windshield, and their uh, these colors shall not run T shirts. I think it's all a bunch of bluster. There there will be there will be ten percent of us who are willing to fight. Yeah, but what about first of all, all our cops? Which, to be and fair, the, I think in the, the but first, if that happened, to all our cops and military, all the people that are they're all yes men. If if the general lot, says, you know what, this them. is what we're doing, then that's what they'll, some of them. Look at what happened when they made the vaccine a requirement. Think about how many people didn't want it but took it anyway. Yeah, but it was a lot of panic and they Yeah, exactly. No one thought, exactly, Mike. 
Yeah, no one thought it'd kill. But that's why you learn. I yeah, mean, it was a lot of panic, I, and no I one thought it would that. kill him at the time. I didn't take it, but <laughs> I could see. But yeah, yeah. Thank you for that parallel. Fuck, <laughs> 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 uh, dude. Yeah, pe- people are so conditioned to follow their their chain that of authority like or their chain of command. That big line. All, all you have to do is get one general to say, like, yeah, that we're going this direction. And then he, he spreads that down to his colonels, and they tell that to their uh, battalion commanders, spread it to their platoon sergeants, and nobody questions it. I feel like you'd have to have internal mutiny. They're so institutionalized. Certain... So institutionalized. We would be having mutiny right now. Like, it's very clear that the United States is being defrauded by our own government. You know what I mean? Like, we're being fucking robbed blind by our own senators and our own House of Representatives and our own fucking president and his family. And nobody is doing a goddamn thing, which means they are all compliant. Yeah. All right. Everybody in a a leadership position is compliant right now. So let's go even deeper, China. So (laughs) I think about what... What would it, I think China bribing or having influence, like I get the social media stuff and pushing things in front of you and culture and getting divisive and like grabbing your, I get, I get how that works. But like, what would you bribe if you are a foreign country like China and you could bribe state elected or federally elected officials? Like, I guess you would bribe them for allowing business or things like that to happen. But then, like, how far down that rabbit hole would you do for, like, funding a rebels in a country that you want to overthrow the dictator? What are other things China would use to bribe people of power to get to happen? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I think there's a lot of blackmail involved. And we have a system. So, like, when I had to get my security clearance, they're interested in two things, sexual history and financial history. Because what they're looking at, I'm serious. I fucked a goat and I ain't got yeah, no money. Exactly. <laughs> what they want to know about is, did you bang like a, a male hooker when you were 18? Because that's something you can be blackmailed about. And then they want to know. What if you're proud about it? If you're proud about it, then then it's not a problem. You'll <laughs> yeah. get your security clearance. Yeah. It's, it's, they want to know about your secrets. Yeah. Because yeah, yeah. that's something you can be blackmailed for. Yeah. And they want to know about your financial history because if you're in debt, you're easily, like, you have that stress hanging yeah, over yeah. you and you're easily bought off. So that's yeah. the two things they look at. Huh. Which, when you think of that in uh, context of Epstein Island, it's very clear. Yeah. What they're, you know, a camera in every room. And yeah. then they would invite high level officials and celebrities there, yeah. link, link them up with underage girls. So what's that camera there for? It's obviously a big ass uh, blackmail yeah. racket, right? And I've heard rumors from circles I used to run in that there are many more like it. That's just the one oh, that I'm the public sure. found out about, right? You know what's weird about that is there was a lot of scientists involved. Yeah. All all a lot all of, of science. Yes. So people I listen people, to and yes. they're like, you know what's weird is a a lot of people if you listen to heady stuff with scientists that have podcasts, yeah. you'll hear, if you go back, you'll hear them talk about Epstein a lot because a lot of people in those circles and yeah. thought. Well, because what is the number one tool being used to try to gain globalist control right now? Climate change. Yeah. It's the number one agenda. Like COVID died and went away because everybody called bullshit. 
and now they're they're right they they pivoted right back to climate change and now they're going hard with globalism because that's the only way to save climate change i mean also tech too though if you're tech, if tech you want censorship control global yes. like but, but monitoring. they're using tech censorship to push their their agenda of climate change which is like their thinly veiled agenda of, oh, yeah. of sort of elite takeover but i mean yeah censorship but i also mean like software monitoring like keystrokes searching for words taking pictures audio recording thing you know like true like 1984 style yep. like i'm telling you bro this is ready player one world war three <laughs> <laughs> i w- i just want a drone though i don't have a drone to <laughs> compete know. with i want it's, a drone because you're the drone bro every <laughs> yeah but I, this drone would like one in the sky this drone's got bad knees if it really is world war three i feel like your government should issue every citizen at least one drone they're like hey they're coming right. at us yeah here's your here drone here's your drone and, and give them hell yeah, yeah. Yeah, come on, dude. I can do something. Oh, man. I'd be out there. But then if your government is bought off by the Chinese. You're never getting a drone. (laughs) I'm so pissed. It's a bad Christmas coming up for me. If if one entire political party is bought (laughs) off by the Chinese, or in fact, the entire uniparty was bought off by the Chinese. I don't think they're going to pass out drones. So they'd put money in that. Into what? Drones? Well, no. Drones, but like bribing like the epstein thing like blackmailing oh, yeah, and getting yeah, yeah. like yeah, using sorry, someone's secrets and flaws uh and i think they would use it for that but then what else okay so you have control over someone but what else are you gonna bribe even i my sense of bribery is also too just like here's a bunch of money yeah it's, now it's do old, this favor good for old me greed. And but what do favors what do you think that the favors China asks for. How does it... it I think it's a lot of uh, like white papers, like engineering, both software and... Like, well, technical. they do steal te- yeah, trade. exactly. They steal yeah, yeah, yeah. so much. You think that's... Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that's a huge part of it because that's how they stay... That's why Trump they, put the tariffs how, on them. Yes. And that's how, they, they that's how they maintain their technological equivalence to us. Is yeah. Stealing technology. Yeah. Um, but I think that's the number one thing they're stealing. I don't think... That sort of strategic plans, like trying to steal government, like the government's retarded. Who the fuck wants to steal? And you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> hey, let's let's steal the Biden administration's plans for the defense of America. Are <laughs> yeah, you fucking the- kidding me? Get the fuck out of here! It, you're far better off stealing private, uh, yeah, industrial no, espionage yeah. type uh, private information. Yeah, yeah. Or what do they call proprietary knowledge? Mm-hmm. All right, so they would take money, and they might fund it. To gain knowledge, to learn. I mean, that's what they do. And that's of, their number that, one go-to. A lot but of that proprietary I think once, knowledge will be military equipment, like, but less the deployment of it so much as what, what's really important is its specs. Like, what's its range? What's its payload? Yeah, yeah, what, yeah, yeah. Far more important than how you... Because once you know its specs, then you can pretty well come up with how it would be employed. Yeah. So then also, what else would you do in World War Three to destabilize? You would use that money, for one, for to gain knowledge, but then also you get a bunch of knowledge. What else are you doing? Like, this is World War Three, and China's got this long-term plan, in theory. Mm. But once our overlords come here, we love you guys. Yeah. 
<laughs> this is all just rabble rousing. We're joking. There's part of me that's like, if they reinstituted traditional values, I might be all right with that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you ready? You ready to put down the fork yeah, and hey, grab the chopstick? Hey, <laughs> hey, we're going back to two genders. Roger that. <laughs> yeah. I'll have some uh, Szechuan chicken. <laughs> And the, the I'm fresh, Chinese. Yeah, you guys got those little shrimp things. <laughs> yeah. I mean, dim sum every day sounds pretty fucking nice. <laughs> My, I mean, you're making a lot of good points here, mm-hmm. buddy. Uh, I do like the fact that all the useful idiots get killed by their own people. Like, we'll, I would definitely wait for that part to be finished. You know what I'm talking about? Like the. Uh, in, in like the literal communist manifesto says you need useful idiots to yeah. spread your message. Yeah. And then they're the first people to get executed after you take over because they're actually useless. Like they're, they're non-producing humans that just create a, a, a drain on the system. And so they're the first people you eliminate when you take over. So I think actually step one is to let them eliminate their own useful idiots, which again leaves me back to what you'll have small little bands of, uh, rabble living out in desolate areas where they're, you know, kind of far away from resources. I think America just filmed their useful idiots, right? Like someone that spreads the word and gets it out there. They're like, wow, you did that really fast. People like you. And like Hollywood's like, no, let's put them on film. Yes. Like, yeah, yeah. Think think about what's his name. (laughs) uh, Jimmy Fallon doing the vaccine dance on his late night show. No, that was unfortunately the dude. Colbert had that right-wing show. The Colbert Report was such a funny show. Like, that right-wing approach he had was... But then wasn't he doing a vaccine dance on TV, too? Yeah, but then now he has a late-night show. Oh, see, yeah, he he got down on those knees. Vaccine. And it was like, oh, fuck. That and what's his name? Was it Bill de Blasio, the old mayor in New York? He was the mayor of New York. What do you say? Do, do you remember that? Was it when the vac COVID was happening and the vaccine came out and he did a press conference in the morning? He's like, oh, I'm being told something new. He goes, this just in. I'm told if you get a vaccine, you can get this from your local burger stop. And he pulled out a thing of fries he's like these are piping hot these are so piping hot he's like oh my god best fry ever he's like and then someone goes hey bill there's more he goes there's more holy shit and they hand him a a cheeseburger and his exact words go he goes there's a burger element to this deal too. Oh <laughs> and God. they hand him a burger. This is literally a dancing monkey. Dude, Just, it hey, get was. Get your ass out there on TV. Yeah. Holy shit. But it's like, yeah, use the useful idiot to fucking, that's yeah. your actor. That's your, I don't want to say Tom Cruise, but I'll say Tom mm-hmm. Cruise. But those, 100%. Yeah. But or, or I should say, good acting. I, I, like I don't know who's, who's prevalent on Twitter, but like, think like uh, Alyssa Milano. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, what a fucking train wreck! And yet, somehow, she we're, we're, we're to believe she that. Went super uh, live. Yeah, well, we're to believe that she has the influence of the public. So now, here's another weapon: is bot farms, because mm. what they do is they make the public think that it's public more of public issue. opinion yeah. is far more behind these issues. Because someone like Alyssa Milano, everybody reads that and goes, "Jesus Christ!" But then it has. 
however many hundred thousand fucking thumbs up and it's all bots yeah. or it's 90% bots that don't actually, so they're, they're actually no swaying. Picture. Yeah. They're yeah. swaying public opinion. And bro, even on the, uh, the training Northwest Twitter site, like there's, there's, there's only a few followers cause fucking, I don't ever get on there, but they're all very clearly fake accounts. Like they have a little picture, but then you, when, if you go read, like, it's like they've, what a, there's, there's a couple red flags. Yeah, it's you like, can this is not a real person. Yeah. So there's, there's 35 people following it that are not real people. Yeah. Yep. Uh, so it's all bot farm shit. And that, that in itself is an effective way to sway public opinion just by other people thinking that, you know, it's like groupthink. When people see, oh, a hundred, a hundred thousand people have given this a thumbs up. Like, you know what? I do kind of like that. I'll jump on that bandwagon. Yeah, go. Let's go. Yeah, I believe in this. Because they think that they're going with the group, but there is no group. The group is fake. So in doing all this, you're destabilizing the country. And what that's is- actually, you know what? That's a great fucking point to make about destabilizing a country is to make people believe that yeah. popular opinion is something else because we are yeah. such tribal creatures. Nothing can be that, agreed that upon. If we, yeah, if, if we believe that a large majority of other people also think a certain way, then we're likely to just jump on that bandwagon just to get along, to go along, to get along and be part of the, part of the in crowd. Yeah. If the yeah. truth, if no one knows what the truth is, that's yeah. pure and I, and I guess, chaos. Yeah. I guess that is that's the point what of being social, is an social engineering. And that's why Facebook was yeah. created by DARPA. What was it? Uh, face log or whatever the fuck it was, or life log, life log shut down the day Facebook was founded. Oh, really? I, yes. Yeah. Oh yeah. You can. And that's like uh, open source information. You guys can Google that is Google LifeLog DARPA, and you'll see that LifeLog is very similar to Facebook, was created by Defense Action Research Projects. or uh, it's, it's basically the, the branch of the government that comes up with all the new DOD concepts. So they created LifeLog, and on the day they shut it down, Facebook was founded and launched on the Internet. I saw the Facebook movie with Jesse Eisenberg. I'm pretty sure I know what happened. <laughs> <laughs> He's my Tom Cruise. I haven't seen it. Uh, oh, but anyway, but it, that showed like when you talk about social engineering as a weapon, yeah. just just the ability to to sway public opinion is massive. So then, okay, so you, once again, it you can take over a country so without firing going. a shot just by swaying public opinion through We're, public or through through. Social engineering. We're 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 channeling World War Three through us. I feel yeah. like we're getting further down in answering questions. So once you completely dissolve the social cohesion, the norms, what you think is true is not true. Just no one can agree on anything. Therefore, it's destabilized. So then, what does it go from there? What? How does it keep deteriorating? If this is your plan, is to destroy social cohesion, where does that lead? What does that mean? Is the eventual, the post of it falling? What's there to harvest? What's, what's the objective right now? Yeah, I want. <coughs> excuse me. I wonder if they're not intentionally crashing the dollar through just sort of unrest. Yeah, because that the dollar is also crashing right now. And, you know, they're they're trying to say that inflation is slowing down and the economy is rebound. It's not. Any anybody who lives in the real world knows that the economy is tanking. Like seventeen percent. Dude, I went and bought a couple snacks at the grocery store. Like some apples and peanut butter and some eggs. And I think it was like $55. 
I was like, you have got to be fucking kidding me. Time to go to Thailand. Yeah. Yeah? Yeah. The shit was that. Did Danielle just start your car? Yeah, she just started the truck. <laughs> <laughs> that was so loud in the headphones. Yeah. I right. thought we were getting strafed. Right. Uh, it's starting. Yeah, World War Three start. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. I'll see. So I, that, I think the short-term goal right now might be to crash the economy, crash production. Um, and you also have... I've I've said it before. I believe that Joe Biden is an agent of the Chinese government. I believe that that is why he has emptied out our strategic oil reserves. And we've also depleted a lot of our munition stockpiles by sending it all to Ukraine. How would it ever be found that these politicians are getting paid? How would you find a paper trail or how would... I, I think they have the email trail. It's actually been established. Because, yeah, because, because, ever, because it's yeah. been established that the Hunter Biden laptop is actually legit. It's not a plant. Yeah. It's also it been established now that, that the Biden family took $5 million from a Chinese company, which all Chinese companies are state-owned and run, so they took $5 million from the Chinese government yeah. while, they, while he was the vice president. So, so we know that he's a, or at least he was at one point a paid agent of the Chinese government. Doesn't it seem like it should take more than five million dollars for the Chinese yeah, government right. to buy you but, off? That's well, what, what so our that's so what on. our president. That's, that's a great or he's point. No, no, just no. So that's a great dumb. point. Which means that maybe that was just one of many transactions. Yeah, right? that's that what just I mean. That yeah, that doesn't seem like yes. enough money to do trade with. Us. So our and and if you look at the. Again, if you uh, do you know Saul Alinsky's Rules for Radicals? Or have you seen that video? It's like a famous video of in, from the 1980s of an uh, uh, NKVD officer, or maybe it's a, a KGB officer, talking about the How steps. How they're going to destroy America yes. in the 80s? Yes, yes, yes and, I know uh, what you're talking one about. One of the steps, and he's, he's talking about how they'll use the education system to spread socialism. Yes. And then one of the steps... Uh, it has from, already been deployed exactly, in your country. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And uh, I think it's from Rules for Radicals, where he talks about um, demoralization. Yeah. And so what we're looking at right now, we are in demoralization, where... People are being told that the United States of America is bad. We're a racist country. We are, what do they call it, like systemically racist and yeah. systemically uh, uh, fascist, which isn't true at all. It's not even fucking close to true. But they're being told this by their teachers from the institutionalized the education system, Just right? Just like Mao. Yeah, the public education system is a very narrow conduit that controls all the information that your children get and that we got when we were children. Fortunately... For you and I, back in the 80s, we stood and said the Pledge of Allegiance every morning, right? That in itself is some indoctrination and a little bit of groupthink. But we yeah. like it because we like the principles that the United States of America stands for. Um, now the kids are going through a different type of indoctrination, and that pipeline of information has been corrupted. Yeah. But that's, I guess that's how you get destabilization. Oh, shit, now we're learning. So you get destabilization... And then you get a separation from the old and the new, from the old generation to the next generation. Yeah, we're back to my, my like speech the people, to the old folks at Doc's Pub about, yeah. about the way to create a new order is you have to enter, you have to insert entropy, increase to break apart the old order. Again, happening right now with BLM, Antifa, the uh, you know post-George Floyd, all, all the Ferguson riots that started in like 2016. 
Yeah. So that was the entropy injected into the system, racial tension. Break apart the old order. Here comes Antifa, Black Lives Matter. Uh, what did they say publicly? Like their their number one goal was the breakdown of the organic family nuclear or the family. nuclear family. There we yeah. go. Because well, what does that do? That creates all kinds of chaos. Yeah. So once there's chaos, you can create new order. You can't create new order from old order. You have yeah. to break apart old order with chaos. Then you can create new order to replace it. So right now we are in chaos. Yeah. We're, we're in the early stages of chaos. And I think more, this is why I think... Uh, and why I'm teaching self-defense and all this sort of self-reliance stuff is that I think a lot more chaos is going to be intentionally injected into the system that is our country to break it down so that they can build a new order out of that chaos. And the World Economic Forum's own fucking slogan is from chaos comes order. I think it's interesting to think that even the people that are ultra progressive right now in their late 20s, that the people that are 15 currently that are super indoctrinated maybe already by the time they hit their early to mid twenties, they're going to be even more because there's so much social chaos and disorder. There's no commonality or nothing to call a straight trajectory that those people that are progressive now, their heads are going to be on the guillotine. And I mean that metaphorically and maybe even literally, because if you're constantly destabilizing what the people that are saying I'm right now, well, if everything is about, you're wrong, you're holding something back, the new are going to be like, you're wrong and you're holding me back then. And the guillotine comes, when the guillotine comes out, it eventually comes for everyone. That's cancel culture. People that complained about cancel, right? But that's the guillotine. That is... It's it's starting to come back around on them. Like, isn't the mayor of New York, the guy right now being removed or being recalled? Adams. Yeah, because he's... He's starting to see how difficult it is to to bring all these immigrants in. And he's starting <laughs> what are we going to do with yeah, all these exactly. Mexicans? <laughs> I don't have one Home Depot downtown, and I got nowhere to put them. They're like, dude. Trabajo? <laughs> yeah. Oh, oh, fuck. That's terrible. Because the reality is, if they're just coming here to work. Are you kidding me? I, I'm fine it's with terrible, people coming here to work. But that's the reality. But so, I'm, go to any Home Depot around here. I think I think there's a lot of people coming here to not work. Yeah, yeah. But hang on. No. So hang on. I do want to say this because there is a saving grace, which I'm starting to see, which is that my kids' generation, the pendulum is already swinging back to the right, where you have guys our age who were children of the 80s and 90s, and we grew up in that pro America environment. And now our kids are middle school and high school aged. And so there's this generation, what do they call it, Gen Z in between us, where which is where you have all the, the, the libtards and the far lefties and these people who think that somehow they're going to save the world by giving all their money to the government, like, like pay more taxes and the carbon goes away. Um, yeah, you don't have health care. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, uh, fuck. Here's a $100,000 bill for a hospital visit for pneumonia. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And uh, so my kid's generation... They're starting to push back the other direction. Yeah. And so my older son has been coming home with stories from school of like, he's like, well, one of my friends got suspended for telling a boy he should not be in the girl's bathroom saying that it was bullshit. And I was like, did he really? And he's like, yeah, he got suspended for two days. And I was like, you know what? You tell that kid he's welcome to play at our house anytime because he's standing up for what he believes is right. And I think history is going to judge him correctly. 
So, so well, if, always, if middle school kids are starting to do that, there's hope. They always say the pendulum swings. And yes. maybe in my in my best accounts or hopes, maybe as that pendulum went super far one way, maybe China in this World War Three saw an opening through influence and social media and how it's taken over. And they limit their theirs. And I think it's yeah. coming in the next two years. So maybe, but that's the graces. Maybe the pendulum starting to swing internally the other way. There's, I mean, human consciousness has to come in and be like, at what point are we talking complete absurdity? Or how how far brainwashed can you go? You know? Maybe I, th- there is a human spirit, an American spirit of reckoning for a logical revolution. I, I think that entire generation has been indoctrinated to hate America. And I don't think they would, I don't think there would be like a change of heart where they would jump on board and suddenly be like, you know what? We were wrong. And we see the, we see the invaders are here now and we're going to, we're going to fight for the red, white, and blue. I, I think they are so far indoctrinated from an early age that they would never, they would never change their belief. Yeah. Which again, useful idiots. And then they'd be the first ones that would need to be executed. Hate. Hate's the problem. Yes. Yeah. And they do. They function on hate. But I mean, all around, all the wars, everything, it's based off of hate. And hate is kind of based off of resources. You have more than I do. I want that for me and Jealousy and hate are similar vibrations. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's all that kind of stuff where it's... And that's why when I go one world government, I always say, and Mike Zedong, yeah, but it's true. But I say it's like I want it to be for the people where every person has a vote. That is the government is allowing representation instantly and more. And it's like when you have, I'm think I think about this a lot more that it's about people with control telling people without control what to do. And that is throughout history. And that's in a way, I mean, we elected our government to happen. And I do think there's a proper form. You need institutions and a bit of a rule but it's like at what point is that rule starting to benefit off of the people it's ruling it's it's just seems to be about power power is something that i think so much yeah. yeah yeah humans crave power and wealth and what is power it's having control over telling someone what to do what is that yeah and the ability to accumulate wealth for yourself yeah but just wealth is just being able to tell a guy to do something because you have more money yeah you do this, I'll give you this much. Yeah. But this thing means nothing. What means everything are the words coming from my mouth and you thinking it. But it gets brought backed up sometimes, like with a crew. I mean, look at Xi Jinping. His crew is a fucking bunch of guys with rifles standing right behind him. Yeah. But so that guy does have power. Yeah. And the power for those guys to follow him. But what gives them power? Just to the, follow them is the money that well, survival and they get not power. only that, but an indoctrination from a young age. Like we're taught, we are even here in the United States, we're taught from a young age to do whatever you're told by authority, right? Whether it's a teacher or a police officer or, you know, you yeah. name it. An so, adult. so yeah. So think about how, think about how vastly outnumbered government employees would be versus private citizens even even if every Just single done. even if they if even if we were yeah if we're going to square off in battle lines even if every dmv and like uh <laughs> wastewater treatment <laughs> they'd facility, be two yeah. hours late yeah. they'd be on their lunch break <laughs> <laughs> yeah i ain't fighting right now uh 
But even if every single government employee showed up on the government side, you'd still outnumber them a thousand to one. Yeah. Maybe more. Yeah. Oh, and yet yeah. somehow we are all sort of cowed into just at the end of the day, like what happens if you don't pay your taxes? They send you a threatening letter and you're like, oh, fuck, we got to pay this before they fine us. Because if because if we don't pay it before we get the fine, they'll they'll send uh, treasury officers to our door, and then what? It's like when you start to think about it, like think about this in terms of Baghdad rules. All right, you send two treasury officers to my door in the middle of the night. They better be better fighters than me. Yeah. And if they're not, I'm gonna win. Yeah. You start taking like the attitude that we sort of gained fighting in the wars might be to their own detriment because you start to realize that. Oh. Yeah, you're not that tough. You've got a couple guys with some equipment, and you send threatening letters. Yeah, I'll fight you. <laughs> you Bring it the fuck salty on. Salty dogs. Yeah. Yeah. Do you think people would be more willing to pay if they felt? 100%. It was going if I If towards... I felt my money was going toward infrastructure, which supports business, which supports the economy, and that small businesses were encouraged and supported and not like over, like the reality is that small businesses are disadvantaged, disadvantageous. Is that disadvantageously? I just make that disadvantageous. up. Disadvantageously. That's what I said. Yeah. yeah. They are disadvantageously yeah. and disproportionately hampered by red tape yeah. because you have to be a major player to be able to afford all the permits and, uh, wetland offsets and carbon tax credits and they just price the small business out and then with covid they just went full fucking balls to the wall and shut all the small businesses yeah, down shut down and yeah. make i money. mean i remember going but into, pay me yeah. your whatever you get yeah i went to home depot in december of 2020 and it's like all the christmas lights are on the shelf the inflatable fucking will ferrell elf doll is on the shelf is that essential yeah. No, it's not fucking essential. It's just that it's Home Depot. It's a yeah. major player. They get to be open. They get to get business. And anything or any any business owned by mom and pop has to close down because they don't have the money to fight it or, or to just be part of. They're not part of the club, just like George Carlin said. Do you remember? That's a great quote. That's a great George Carlin bit. Uh, do you remember when they said, like, they had seeds marked off during COVID, like, to plant garden seeds? Did they really? For a little bit, they had seeds. They, they definitely like, do not encourage self-dependence. <laughs> and it was like, well, yeah, it seems so they, they want They want a country of dependence. <laughs> oh. uh, Fuck. Yeah. How do you get good leadership? You have to find people who don't actually want to be in leadership and who believe in being accountable to the people they are leading. Will that so, even work in, right now? Could that I, I, don't, even so I, I don't think those kind of people are interested in playing the game because the game has become so scummy and so corrupt that people who have there, I shouldn't say that there are people who do have good morals who are willing yeah. to get in there and fight because they, they believe just it's never a battle. Get elected. Yeah. Well, some of them do every once in a while. Um, Trump was the last yeah. Ross Perot was the one before yep. that, that had a yep. good fight and chance and, and well, who before, uh, I think there's a couple of congressmen and senators like, uh, there's the guy from Missouri who's taking the Missouri versus Biden to the Supreme Court next month. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And there's like, we have uh, our homie Joe Kent, who was yeah. not elected, but he was running for uh, state representative down in, I can't remember what county, like down in Vancouver, Washington area. Yeah. Uh, but, they, but they are people who believe in like fighting, like fighting yeah. for 
the, the, but it's the culture. so rare. It's a cultural war, and they're fighting for it. And the reality is most people with good... Here's the other thing. People with good leadership qualities realize they can be profitable in the private sector. So why, would you, why would you fucking waste your life in government service, which is just a... Uh, uh, a mire of mediocrity and red tape that actually prevents you from ever being excellent, even if that's what you want to be. You can be excellent, like on a small scale, like at the team level, but you can never really do big things because you're just so fucking blockaded by all the bullshit bureaucracy. Do you feel Bill Clinton was the first president to really go book tour style? Like, I don't feel like... I think JFK was the first celebrity president. Yeah, he was celebrity, but he wasn't book tour. Like the person, he died, got shot in the head. Yeah, but he was was on parade. Like he was on a parade. Yeah, but every president's on a parade, especially in that time. They have parades. Explain what you mean by book tour. Was Clinton doing a book tour before he was president? No, 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 after he was president. But I feel presidents didn't, like, you might write your memoirs 20 years after, 15 years after, of what you thought and who you were as a person. But, like, to go on these speaking tours and to become a person that gets paid so much money. I mean, Bush... Isn't uh, that sort of the shtick of the Clinton Foundation is that... It's a not-for-profit business, but yeah. you, can, you can pay them to come speak to 20 yeah, for people like for $500,000 or whatever. For a half hour yeah. or an hour. Yeah. Even that, five hundred grand for a fucking hour of speech? Yeah. You better tell me something fucking yeah. groundbreaking. Yeah, or you, you can buy a Hunter Biden painting for like a couple hundred thousand. Right? <laughs> well, there's, there's no grift there. Yeah. Jesus Christ. His watercolor is oh. nice. But I mean, to go on the, to become a celebrity off of president and making money, like giving these speeches, it didn't seem to yeah, happen. He's, he's probably the first one, but it was a business model. It wasn't. Yeah. So he's probably the first one to think of it as a business model rather than, well, I was the president. Now I'm retired and I'm hanging out on my ranch. Yeah. And I'll write my memoirs. Yeah. 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 W. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> There is. <laughs> yeah, there is a, but even his dad didn't do that. Like yeah. his dad sunk back into the shadows with Barbara. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And he wasn't heard of. And I felt like that was more of the stoicism of presidencies. Yeah, I agree. Clinton got a blowjob and then started like, hey, man, let's make <laughs> hey some man, more money. Let's party. <laughs> yeah. We're going to make so much money. And that's kind of the cat's out of the bag. Let's party. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And I feel like that's kind of a turn, too. It's like, yeah, a lot of people think he was awesome because he balanced the budget, you know. But it's, I think the dude was a drug runner for cocaine. Oh, he well, had a on. cocaine addiction. All, all His brother did. Were... No, but out of Arkansas. And the oh, same thing yeah, is where right. you yeah, had yeah, yeah. fucking funding right. for the Iran-Contra. Oh, right. And uh, you, who killed uh, fucking Barry Seals? Barry Seal was the movie Tom Cruise played him about the drug runner. Oh, yes. Yeah, so his yes. name is Barry Seals. There's a book called Who Killed Barry Seals about him and his connections with the CIA yes. and that whole conflict. Well, what's most and interesting? Clinton was so much yes. involved in that their, whole Their book. real estate company was, was fucking balls deep in all that uh, cocaine trafficking. Yeah. And so what's, what's fascinating about all those... Uh, rebel wars down in South America during the 70s and 80s is how different factions within our own government were fighting against each other. Yeah. Yeah. So we had like the CIA is literally fighting against the executive branch and take like they killed JFK in Dallas. 
it's, yeah. it's pretty like more and more it's like all right yeah this was an inside job well uh, not only and anybody's being yeah. honest like the cia fucking whacked jfk jfk yeah. malcolm x fucking yeah, bobby kennedy bobby kennedy uh um Martin Luther King. Yeah. And so yeah. it's like you see talking about power. It's like you do see moments when power is given. Like I always say like the budget for the CIA was immediately given post World War II. And we became this observation idea state, but we would still, when it really got heavy or we fucked something up too or bad, really, we'd sell in yeah. the mill at send in the military. Yeah. The creation of both the FBI and the CIA was to monitor the entire world. Yeah, but FBI I feel like in the 60s and the 70s, the end of the 70s, you saw the CIA kind of get reprimanded for getting out of control. And I think assassinations yeah. were pretty evident, yeah. uh, like yeah. a Iran playbook. Contra, yeah, but then yeah. it got shut down. There was, I forget that. Bro, you even have like there Charles an, Manson and Timothy yeah. McVeigh. These guys all have like common links. Bat, like, but there was a scene. It's not, it's not seven degrees of Kevin Bacon. It's more like they have like two degrees of separation. Sirhan, Sirhan. But there was an act put in in the 70s in Congress saying that they were kind of like, hey, you guys got to pump your brakes a little bit. You can still do all your work, but like this is out of control. I wonder if like, that's when the Intelligence Oversight Committee was established. Yes. That might be. That's, but, on, okay, so that. hang on. So then what happened to absolve that in 2001? Patriot Act. 9-11. Ah. And so it's like we are in a wartime state in how much these little conflicts and wars and meddling once again is happening. I mean, look at the FBI and Trump. You have so much like discoercion amongst your. Uh, yeah. Well, you have, you have uh, not necessarily radical. You have activists in positions of authority is what's happening. So the, the DOJ right now is being run by a bunch of left-wing activists. Yeah. So is DOH. So is WHO, WEF. They're all being run by left-wing globalist activists. We're looking up some facts here. Yeah. yeah. Folks. Sorry. Oops. Let Sorry. me tell you about my favorite nuts. First, macadamia. Second, cashew. 1976. Yes, nailed, right? Yeah, yes. It. Fucking nailed it. All right. So the, the, the CIA and FBI, I mean, they kind of got, and probably more the CIA, but the FBI's are... F oh, no, the FBI was getting in plenty of trouble, yeah, too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, that, I mean, you saw so many assassinations and stuff, and they got limited. They got the governor put on them. Not Arnold Schwarzenegger, the governor. Governator. But yeah, the governor. Uh, but they kind of... Don't be economic girly men. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but they got throttled back. And then 9-11 happened. And I think you started to see the handcuffs get taken off. And you're starting to that, see... That's what the Patriot Act, Patriot Act did. Yeah. It pulled all... It, pulled, it didn't just take off the cuffs. It pulled out every fucking stop that existed. It, we're waterboarding yeah. in Guantanamo. And yeah. then we're making the naked human pyramid. That's yeah. just Friday. That was just Abu Ghraib. Yeah. Guantanamo's a whole... <laughs> and that's, that's Abu Ghraib's the... Or, sorry, Guantanamo's the prison they acknowledge. Think about what happens at the prisons they don't acknowledge. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Fucking in the mountains of Estonia and Latvia. But I think that's also... <laughs> What we're seeing today was so much of maybe January 6th. Mm -hmm. Not, I mean, 
I knew January 6th was going to happen before. I mean, yes, it was knows. not on the news, but any like podcast news show you listen to, they're like, dude, this is crazy. Hotels stop putting out rooms in DC because there's so many people instantly feeling they're like, we don't want to add to the situation. Yeah. If the hotels knew something big was kind of going on, yes. you don't think the police, oh, they the Capitol do. police. The knew. Thing. And here's the interesting thing again about indoctrination and the control, like social engineering and the, the tight pipeline of information. So right now the public narrative is that January 6th was a violent insurrection. What that means is that 50 years from now, when a kid is assigned a book report in seventh grade and he goes to the library and looks up, he gets on Google and searches January 6th uh, events, all he's going to find are uh, headlines of violent insurrection. So yeah. that's, that's what history becomes, is that right-wing extremists attempted a violent takeover of the Capitol. When the reality is the police let them in, they just sort of wandered around taking pictures. <laughs> a bunch you know of I mean? grandmas. Like, yeah, please yeah. show me the violence. The only violence was a police officer who shot that woman. No, it was two insurrections. It was one like on the west side and one on the east side. And oh, the east side was like pure chaos and burning. And the west side was like, was it oh, come it, on It was just in. people like chanting and shouting. Yeah, right? I mean, yeah. it was. They were, they were like lighting cars on fire. They were. Shit. I don't even think. That, I mean, there was no, no they cars. Were, they were light. literally chanting and shouting. They were chanting. They are climbing scaffolding. They went in dude took his fucking picture on pelosi's desk with yeah, a cigar those, those people were like welcomed in yeah they didn't they even, open the gates but then like on the other side it was even more so they were just walking yes. like they were yeah. It, yeah. so it was kind of two different buckles yeah, yeah yeah so it was like so that makes me wonder like the whole ray epps opening yeah. barricades there's, everything there's new video not having him. sufficient force yeah you know yeah. and it's like dude you have a thing like this and you don't even have a couple extra cops standing by. Yeah. Hey, this seems to be getting yeah. bigger. Everyone get in in 30 minutes. Yeah. I was like, what? No, it's so fake. It's so, so fucking fake. So is the F... Oh, man, here. <laughs> hey, fellas. Uh, is the FBI, the CIA, is this what we're seeing is the effects of the Patriot post 9-11 and being scared and being like, you're seeing it both. all costs terrorism and threats must no, stop. No, no, so no. You're, you're seeing left-wing activists in positions of authority take advantage of the Patriot Act. That's what, that's what's happening. Are they left-wing or are they part of the system and the system I, I doesn't like of, no. having a Trump in? They might align with left-wing in certain ways as, hey, orange they're, they're guy yes bad. They're yes-men for the globalists. Mm. And they a lot of them consider themselves left-wing activists. Mm. That's my opinion. I used to think I was a lefty. And yes, I think I, think I, I think the reason Trump was so Just not attacked is that he was... They thought he, he was, was a joke. They, they literally thought he was a joke, and they thought there oh, was no chance. And then was. they went, "Holy shit, he's in!" And now we have an outside, like for the first. That's time. That's what I mean. An outsider, yes, an outsider more than anything. An Not outsider left, from right. the Uniparty. Yes, an it's outsider. a Uniparty. An outsider got in. Yes, that is what went, I see. Is holy the, shit! Pull yes. out all the stops. We got to get this guy out of here. Yeah. Yeah, that's, I, that's what I think. I don't think it's left or right. I think it's someone uniparty. that is not yeah, ingrained in this. And everybody thinks that they're on the right side. It's weird if you think about it. America just happens to be split 49-51. Yeah. That doesn't make sense. Yeah, it's too, too convenient. Too, yeah. That's a weird puzzle piece. Yeah. 69. <laughs>
Huh. Yeah, man. I don't know. The world's weird, but I think about this stuff all the time. It's just interesting to think of. It's like, what are you you hear all those uh, uh, mybookie.com and you could do online betting? It's like, I'd probably put down a grand on the way I think World War III is about to happen. I I did not expect it to kick off in Israel. I I thought it would uh, go to Eastern Europe. There's a lot of Jew hate right now. Yeah, I thought it would go. Those to ovens are fire. Well, I guess Ukraine up. is Eastern Europe. I thought it would spread north out of Ukraine up through the the old Iron Curtain. Yeah, mm. but it, it should, dude. Let, I, I mean, feel like this is different. Jew hate Jew Arabs. I mean, they didn't have the best relationship. I mean, you look at old like Egypt slavery and stuff like that. I mean, they were kind of friends, but, but not it really. was thousands of years. Like thousands and thousands, and they kind of left the area and went more through Europe. And then there was Jew hate, like from the 1600s to World War II, that really ramped up. And that was the pinnacle of it. And then after that, it was like, we're going to put them back in the Middle East. And then it's like, well, shit, now it's starting up in the Middle East again. Yeah, if you look at it in a greater context, because we didn't grow up with it, it feels like it didn't exist. But really, there was just a short break. Yeah. You know what I mean? In, in the greater but context also of history. But also region. Yeah. I mean, I guess Jews were hated in America when they were in the slums of New yeah. York mainly. Yeah, but that was... That was like late 1800s, mid 1800s. Yeah. Maybe, uh, shit, and then it gets replaced 1800s. by the Irish. Yes. And then it gets replaced, you know... Yep. And before them was it's just the whatever Chinese. the newest, poorest group of, yeah, yeah, yeah. group of immigrants is, is the one everybody hates. Yeah. So. I mean, isn't that the Jew, the people without a home wandering the desert for, yeah. Or, yeah. you know, that's yeah. the Bible or the Quran. No. That's Quran. Yeah, that's the Old Testament. Yeah. Torah. Is it not Quran? Quran. I think it's the Old Testament. Yeah, that's Torah. Torah is the Old Testament. I don't think the Torah is the Old Testament. I think the Old Testament is the Old Testament. No, the Jewish Bible is the Old Testament, and then the new the Torah is something different, though, right? I thought that's the Jewish Bible. The Quran is the Middle Eastern one, the Arab one. But I think I think reading. Muslim, I think Quran. Muslims and Jews both also ascribe to the Old Testament, and it's in the a new. way. Then Ju- Judaism is the Torah, and we're the- going to start a holy war in Lake Stevens. <laughs> Did do what? Have you seen any protests locally? No, I mean outside of no, Seattle or Seattle anything. Shit. Yeah, yeah. Um, hang on, let's go back to this because I think the Torah is its own book. The Quran, yeah, that's the Jewish. That's the Jewish Bible is the Torah. I, th- I think they all three. Major it's religions. Based off they all the they same. all ascribe to yeah. the Old Testament, and then they all sort of branch off from there. Is yes, my, is my understanding. Uh, Certainly not a religious scholar. I don't know much about the Quran or nothing but that. facts here on the enlightened Neanderthals. I know Christianity and Judaism a little bit, uh, and so those two books. But I don't know about the Quran. Okay, so I can talk a little about the Torah, but not much. But it's I, it's old fire brimstone. Yeah, and they don't think there's heaven. Really? Which I was like, cool, I'll get behind that. Bummer. Eh. What if this is heaven? Could be. What if heaven sucks sometimes? Could just be virtual reality. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we need to do another episode on, I don't want to get into it now, but I think that what people consider God is collective consciousness. Yeah, I'd, I'd, that's my 
Yeah, your bread and butter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. Well, you know what? Let's let's tease it and end it there because it's getting late. And uh, guys, if you're enjoying the show, please share it because we're struggling to get the numbers out. And if you leave us a review on iTunes or Spotify, that also helps. Do we address the Jordan situation? We had to check him into the Betty Ford or oops, yeah, did I let that he's out? He's out for 40 days. <laughs> so anyway, in, in, unless he unless he falls off the wagon, <laughs> in which case maybe he'll be back next week. We miss you, buddy. Bye, Jordan. <laughs>